Welcome to Factor Magri. Here, I focus on and highlight the importance and relevance of farmers and growers to the New Zealand economy, its communities and social fabric. Each week, I talk with farmers and growers, the science community, industry and policy makers to hear their stories and opinions on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. So what is industry doing to drive New Zealand's red meat products in our international market? Can the Taste Pure Nature brand help to offset the continued rising costs our farmers are constantly having to face? Nick Beebe, General Manager of Market Development at Beef and Lamb, joins me to discuss the Taste Pure Nature program. Hello Nick, thank you for joining me today. Oh, looks great. great to be here, Angus. Nick, tell me, how did the Taste Pure Nature brand come to life? Well, it, it, it started um, probably about four or five years ago where uh, a number of the meat processors and, and a group of farmers and beef and lamb really came together to investigate what we were doing in, within the market development program and how we could set it up uh, for, uh, for the future. And through all of that, that work, uh, what we found and what we what everyone agreed on was we needed to take a, a united uh, story in, into the marketplace. Um, and there was a, a really strong belief back then, as there is today, that, that New Zealand has a unique story to tell. Um, so we really wanted to, to get on the front foot um, and start telling that story. And I suppose, you know, just one of the, the real key insights as we started um, working together to develop Taste Pure Nature was that country of origin is uh, a real shortcut to understanding and trust from a consumer point of view. You know, they'll walk into a, um, a supermarket and they've already made one decision as to, in terms of what supermarket are they going to go to. And mm. that provides, a, I suppose, a, you know, a consumer with a level of, of trust in, in what products they're going to be got, um, buying. You know, if you're going into a Whole Foods um, or a, a Tesco's, you know, you're already expecting a certain quality of, of product. But when the consumer goes around to the red meat cabinet, the mm. thing that they look for on the, um, or the first thing they look for in the packaging is where's this product actually come from? Yeah. And if, they, if the consumer has a bit of a sense of that country um, and the food production system within it, that gives them that next level of understanding. Um, so country of origin is a, yeah, it, it is that precursor to trust and understanding. Um, mm. But yeah, unfortunately for New Zealand, not that many people know much about New Zealand around the world. Yeah. Uh, and when you actually ask them about uh, our farming systems, you know, how do we farm? Are we a natural grass-fed um, free-range producer or are we in an intensive um, feedlotting uh, uh, type of a farming system, consumers mm. just don't know. Mm. And look, we'll get into some of that stuff, but what is the requirement for farmers entering the program? And are there specific cuts from both sheep and beef that the program takes? Yeah, uh, so Taste Pure Nature is a is a country of origin um, proposition or, or story. And so what we, I suppose, one of the principles that we work towards is that you know, all farmers um, in New Zealand, doesn't matter whether you're the top of the North Island or, or the bottom of the South Island, um, 
it has to be able to be achieved um, by the vast majority of them. And so what we really look for um, is that the uh, product has to come from um, uh, a New Zealand um, FAP mm -hmm. certified farm. So it mm -hmm. has to have um, been through the New Zealand Farm Assurance Program or a program which is considered to be um, equivalent. Uh, so that, you know, uh, provides uh, a level of credibility um, to the product. It has to be um, grass-fed as, mm. as well. And, you know, that is one of those, uh, I suppose, you know, cues on packaging um, or attributes on packaging, which has really been, uh, well, in certain markets around the world and with certain customers is, is really considered to be a key attribute. Um, so those are the two um, primary uh, aspects from a, um, from an on-farm um, mm. perspective that are requirements of the Pure Nature program. So NZFAP certified, uh, and it has to be um, grass-fed. Mm. Who's target market? And the... that, that grass-fed... Yep, sorry, you go. I was going to say that the grass-fed is um, via um, the definition on the ASD form. Yeah, Roger that. Okay. Um, who is the target market for the brand and what kind of premium are participating farmers getting or expected to get? So the the target consumer uh, for this program, we spent quite a bit of time actually segmenting consumers around around the world. That was one of actually the first jobs mm. that, that we did. We went into eight markets around the world, mm. uh, some of our most established markets um, like the United Kingdom, mm. um, some you know, highly religious markets uh, like India and, and Malaysia and some emerging markets um, as well uh, to really understand what was driving um, our, what was driving purchase of um, red meat products. And then we segmented consumers um, through that process. And what we found was that there was a group that we call the conscious foodies and these are consumers who, who basically just care a little bit more. They mm. care more um, about the origin um, of the product. They care a little bit more about the farming systems. So, yeah, so the conscious foodie is, is that audience we're um, targeting. And as I was saying, you know, there are groups of them in mm. various markets or in all markets around the world. But what we identified was that and there are certain geographic hotspots where these um, whether it's just more conscious foodies, and California is a you know is a prime example of of that. It just seems to be a little bit of a hotbed for um, conscious consumerism. Um, so mm. you know, that information actually allowed us to identify where were the areas we would launch the program, and we were able to actually work with our target audience mm. to design up the messages um, within the marketing program and the collateral and identify who was influencing their purchasing decisions and in what channels they were absorbing this information. So so basically, we worked with the Conscious Foodies to mm. actually um, design the program. And that's been a really cool part of the process. It's been very much 
um, consumer-led right yeah. from the outset. Quite an undertaking, I would imagine, developing these markets and indeed in a strategy. Are you seeing positive indicators within these markets yet? Uh, yes, we are. I suppose you know, the, what we um, are really, I suppose what we're trying to do, the job that we've got at hand is to grow the awareness of mm. grass-fed beef and lamb from New Zealand and to create preference um, or aspiration to buy our products. So basically we're wanting to grow the number of consumers who are actually out there looking, seeking out New Zealand um, red meat brands. Mm. We then need to point these consumers to where they can go and buy the product. Mm. Um, and what we've seen that since we launched in, in California um, a couple of years ago, mm. we the awareness of grass-fed beef and lamb um, is now uh, 62%. And that's up 19% um, from when we launched it. Right. Okay. Uh, the aspiration to, to buy grass-fed New Zealand beef is at 47%. And that's yep. um, up 18% since 2019. The aspiration to, to buy grass-fed New Zealand lamb is at 72%, which is up 10% since 2019. So, okay. Um, you know, we, we are absolutely... Um, growing the number of consumers who are actively out there seeking out our, our products. Um, That's and, fantastic. And when we work, you know, really well and successfully, yeah, it's, it's, it shows well, to us what it shows is that the consumers really want to hear our story Yeah, and that they, they value our story. Um, and when we link that to products that are visible and available at, at retail, um, there, um, we do demonstrate uh, increases in in sales, and you know that's that's primarily the role of the, the meat processor. Mm. Um, but we, you know when we work effectively together, um, you know this program does demonstrate those those results, which is um, pleasing for uh, I think hopefully for farmers because they can see that their story is valued by yeah. the consumer in the markets. And it's pleasing for meat processors knowing that, you know, working well together, um, we can create an impact. Yeah, for sure. And look, expanding a bit on premiums, because my position is always, you know, certainly around looking out for the interests of better farm gate returns for farmers over above anything else, really. With the looming farm level emissions levies, for farmers that's coming. Do you think this could be factored into the entry requirements for Taste Pure Nature? Obviously, if a farmer can demonstrate carbon neutrality or indeed be carbon positive, could this feed into the story and could this demand a premium at the farm gate, potentially? Um, so absolutely. Uh, and you know, this is what, actually one of the jobs that we've got at, at hand is to look at the value proposition behind Taste Pure Nature and make sure, you know, when we started the program, um, it was very much around grass-fed because that was our, you know, we, we could see this trend in the in the marketplace and it was almost like we just wanted to piggyback this this trend mm. um, to try and create an impact. But, you know, as we look out into the, the future, um, we, you know, and you look at the, you know, the, I suppose the additional things that um, farmers are being asked to to do, mm. um, we absolutely have to look at our value proposition and look at is there an opportunity to actually create a market where there probably isn't one right at the moment. Mm. Um, 
because you know, if you think about it from a farmer's perspective, you know, at the moment there is just cost being added into their system. Yep. Um, and uh, and if we don't do the work in the marketplace, then it's just cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so we absolutely uh, have to look out into the future to see if we can create this market um, and if it is something that consumers are going to be willing um, to pay more for. Now, it is always tricky, though. I mean, consumers will say, you know, they'll always um, say, yep, I'll be willing to pay more for, for that. Um, but then shopping behaviour uh, is can be a little bit different as well. Yeah. Um, In reality, once they're there with the pressure on at the checkout, they don't necessarily practice what they preach, right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. So the, you, we've got to work back from that, I suppose, identifying that consumer's willingness to pay to what are the actions within the um, that supply chain that will actually make sure that um, that value, if there is value there, can be um, captured and and returned um, to farmers. So it's a it's a pretty big un- undertaking, but I think it's it's really important because um, you know, we we can't just have our sector just facing additional cost um, that wouldn't make too much sense. Correct. I mean, there's got to be, and of course you'll know about this, but there has to be a percentage of the market globally that can absolutely, they're more conscious than other consumers and they have the money to put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. And actually price is not necessarily a factor in buying a carbon neutral steak or whatever it might be. That's right. But you've got to, the, the attributes also, you know, I suppose what drives consumers and what, um, particularly in that, that premium end of the market as well, is, is taste. Yep. And no one's going to buy a, a carbon-neutral um, steak if it tastes um, not very good. Correct, um, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, taste is still um, you know, the number one um, purchase driver for, yep. for these consumers. Product has to... Um, taste great yeah and then we we are now looking at what are the uh, those additional attributes that will support them um making that purchase you know grass-fed mm. that claim is is obviously one of them mm. um mm. but uh you know there's um carbon neutral or climate neutral or, mm. or low carbon whatever mm. it might be yeah 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 there are additional things that you know, uh, may support those purchases in the future and just yeah. take away the guilt yep. from uh, the customer. Yeah. So you launched the program in, in, in California. Do you see the USA as the biggest potential in the marketplace? Uh, the, the USA is, is definitely one of the, the countries that are that are leading some of these um, core trends. Mm. Um and we started really in you know, in California, and that's where we've really been been focused. But the, there is um, growth opportunities all over the the globe, and you know that really comes down to our ability as a as a sector to to fund um, or to, to grow um, our uh, level of influence, and mm-hmm. um, so that is a is a very real. Um, consideration at the moment is actually, mm. uh, you know, assessing um, what the future uh, for taste pure nature might be in, in three to five years mm. time, and where yeah. are those growth opportunities? And every market is a little bit different um, as well. So you know, we we are working in 
in China. Um, yep. And some of those drivers are, are different, um, but the country of origin is still incredibly important. Mm. Um, and you know, if you think of some of those drivers around environmental sustainability, say coming from the US, uh, in China they don't really link climate change with livestock farming. Uh-huh. Uh, they they look out the window and see a big factory um, spewing smoke into the um, into the atmosphere, and they that's what they yeah uh, right link with climate change, not not livestock farming. So interesting, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. It is, and um, but food safety is a real key thing in, mm. in China. And being able to provide food to your family to give them opportunities that um, they may not have had when they were younger. So, you know, that health and well-being aspect is a, mm. another real key driver in in China. And and grass-fed beef does perform well uh, mm. in these aspects. So. Mm. So every market has its own little nuance, mm. and that's where we tailor the messaging through taste, pure nature, to be relevant to those those drivers mm. in the market. Does taste, pure nature currently work through one particular processor or processing company at the moment, and how are they helping with the marketing internationally? So we work with a number of, of meat processing companies on this, and yeah, you know, it, it absolutely you know, they've been at the table with us yep. right from the day of discussing is this necessary so you know individually the meat companies that we work with uh, i suppose the role that they have is to invest in making sure that you know if beef and lamb is trying to create or grow the number of consumers who are out there actively seeking our products then meat processes are investing in their own programs to basically leverage that platform that we're creating mm. and you know, we uh, they don't do that in isolation of us. Um, you know, we do that around the table together. Um, mm. We it has to be, we have to be sort of tied at the hip um, to be effective. And that's the, I suppose, the difference between what we're trying to achieve as an industry versus all of our competitors who might um, do run a big generic program and spend far more money than than what we have on it. Mm. But they do not work with their meat processes around um, tailoring um, mm. things, and I think that's what makes us unique. Is yep. As a sector, we can actually work well together. Yeah. What about partners on the ground in each respective market? Who are they, and how are they helping drive and 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 get this product to market? Um, so that's really up to the individual meat processes okay. to organise. You know, yeah. They, they do that through their supply chains. Yep. Um, but you know, I suppose to give you an example of how this sort of ties in, mm. uh, recently we ran, um, it's primarily a digitally based program. Okay. Uh, so advertising um, via um, paid digital media yep. in, in the US. Um, or, and we use influencers a lot because the mm. Conscious Foodie has told us that influencers actually influence their decision making. Um, mm. so we, it's primarily a digital campaign, but recently we started um, doing some billboard advertising, and we did this outside of stores yep. that um, had uh, were selling New Zealand product, and the store managers um, 
did tell us that there was an automatic, you know, thirty uh, percent increase in sales when those billboards uh, went up outside their shops. Um, mm. So that's the sort of impact that it can have uh, straight away, and it needs to be that sort of visual. Um, and it needs to be able to, you know, link from that awareness to where the product is, is available. So they mm. have those billboards right outside the retail shops, um, had it, uh, a noticeable impact from, from day one. Um, we've actually just recently been trialling uh, a food truck in Los Angeles okay. where we engaged a, um, a, a very recognised or highly recognised chef um, to... I suppose front the, the food truck for us, and the, yep. the food truck drove and parked outside um, retail stores. Um, and we were trialling. Um, in this instance, it, we were working with Atkins Ranch and First Light. Uh, okay. So they were sampling um, grass-fed wagyu and Atkins Ranch lamb. And uh, uh, yeah, we don't know the results of that program yet because it's still underway. Um, but it's a, just another way of trying to create a bit of a buzz around our product and try to move from that awareness straight through to sales as, as quickly as we can. Mm. What's the potential, do you think, for Taste Pure Nature and particularly the economic benefit to New Zealand and our farmers into the future? Have you got some revenue predictions or some targets you're working towards that you can share? Yeah, um, the potential is, is limited probably by our ability to, um, to fund to fund the program, basically, okay. uh, the what we what we are seeing is we can create a platform and we can grow the number of consumers out there who are actually really wanting to um, buy grass fed New Zealand beef and lamb. And mm. then we link that to product that's visible and available. It does have an impact on sales. So, so we can see that the program does does work. Mm. Um, when, as far as you know, I suppose in a complete economic assessment of the the potential we're actually just about to under uh probably undertake a study Mm. um that will assess its impact for farmers and for the new zealand economy Mm. and we're just we're looking at that for a couple of reasons but we actually had a look at what the norwegian salmon industry have done and uh, they, um, through a, a pretty comprehensive review of their market development program, which is pretty similar to Taste Pure Nature, um, they were able to demonstrate uh, a 10% benefit to, to their um, overall industry for for investing in that program. So we okay. want to basically look at what we've done um, in particular and see how we are tracking um, against some of the exemplars, which is from what we can see, the Norwegian salmon industry has yep. been a bit of an exemplar in this space. So it's, so sorry, I can't really answer that one yet. It's a bit of a uh, watch the space. It sounds like we could catch up again at some point uh, when you've got some of that info at hand and work through. That'd be really, really good. Yeah. Look, Nick, I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having a chat. No, no problem at all. And enjoyed it. And look, um, you know, feel free to uh, connect at any stage. I think if the market signalling is there and driving the conscious consumer demand towards lower carbon food products, and if farmers can prove they meet a sustainability standard, then great, two ticks there. 
There will be a percentage of that conscious consumer market that will pay a premium for a brand that demonstrates leadership in this area, I believe. New Zealand has to develop this market, which will help to offset rising farm input costs. And like I've said previously, not all farmers, or businesses for that matter, are born equal. So my view is that better performing farmers or farming businesses in the environmental space, and if they can demonstrate that, they should also benefit from a better return at the farm gate. Nick says, taste pure nature, constraints are around funding. So I would argue the government needs to do more to support programs like this. I think this is a good opportunity to tell our story to the world. We need it. Our farmers need it. And corners of the international market are starting to demand it. That's all from me this week. Thank you for listening. And catch you next time.